Damian Lillard, ready to give up on the season, well, at least the chase for the play-in tournament. What are the long-term implications of that? Plus, legacies on the line, people really giving in to something that doesn't matter when it comes to the MVP voting, and Jalen Brown, two really interesting interviews. What does that mean for his future in Boston? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA. Your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, getting ourselves psyched up here for a Wednesday Locked On NBA show, as usual, on Wednesdays. It's us. It's your boys. It's me, John Corrales, of the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. I'm on Twitter, at Nola Jake. Celtics and Kings... Jake, potential finals preview. I love it. Give me <laughs> all the Kings content right now. Yes. Light the beam and everything. Yes. All right. We'll talk about that and Jalen Brown's comments coming up later on in the third segment. The second segment, it's like the ongoing topic all year long. Voter fatigue. Who's going to be the MVP? It, there's just so many different ways. And now we're getting some like admissions of, oh, can I vote for this guy again? And the, the, the legacy, invi- whatever. That's coming up in the second segment. I got thoughts. But let's start with Damian Lillard. For, well, actually, let's start with today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed about being an NBA GM and managing your own franchise, then this is the game for you. Download it at ultimategm.com, or you can just go search for it on the app stores. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you're you when you use the promo code locked on, that's all caps locked on in the game. Damian Lillard is, uh, I I think most people will say loyal to a fault. Loyal to a fault, I think, is a good way to describe Damian Lillard because I think most people would understand at this point if he said, you know what, Portland, it's been real. I'm out. Now, he threw some cold water on that recently in an interview saying, I'm not, I'm not here for the rings culture. But now this, the, the, the Blazers have fallen out of the 10th spot, and he's saying, mm, you know, this is we're, – we're tanking, we're rebuilding, and that's not where I am in my life. So kind of – Jake, which is it here? What's the long-term thing here for, for Dame? Right, like this is kind of – this he's at a crossroads that could define his legacy in one way or another. He's trying to have it both ways and he can't, right? Like the, the most recent comments of like, oh, I see we're building the right way where this is going to help us next season. He's like, but I don't care. I want to, I want to do something now. It's trying just to heap pressure on the front office to make some moves and get him some help and go and do that thing. But it kind of directly contradicts his comments from, you know, just last week of like, everything's good. I love my life. I love being here. I kind of like being an icon here. I like my loyalty here. And I wonder if he's finally starting to crack with that facade just a little bit. You know, this is not like a grit and grind era Grizzlies where they were getting to the second round. They're making conference final after conference final and having some of these runs. It's recently just been playoff disappointment in the first round after playoff disappointment in the first round and at a certain point it feels like he wants more than that but look it's it's not happening in portland right like it's not happening there with the way they are currently constructed and some of the assets that they have and 
so I hear these comments not as a cry for help, but I wonder if eventually he's going to almost have to change his mind. But either way, he's got to kind of choose one or the other, it feels like, right? Because these are two very different things. Yeah, it's I understand wanting to put pressure on the front office. Like, get me some help. Please get me some help. I'm dying. I want to win. I think for him, one championship in Portland would mean as much as three championships anywhere else. As many as absolutely all of LeBron's put together for him. Yeah. That would mean so much for him. However, there's only so much you can do. Right? That you've got you yeah. got some you got some decent talent there that could be like little pieces. You know, you got Anthony Simons who is can be he's really good. Um I don't know what they're going to do with Jeremy Grant, if he's going to come back or not. Yusuf Nurkic has been fine, but not really Injured. an answer for them. You know, he's been okay. Uh, there's there's little pieces, but there's a lot of work. And I'm honestly, I'm not sure how to do that level of heavy lifting without completely starting over. That's that, and that that's the the issue for Portland. How do you do that level of heavy lifting while keeping Damian Lillard and his massive, massive salary on the books uh, at 32 years old? How do you do that? It, it, you, you probably don't. Like, it feels like the writing's on the wall. This is a guy who's gotten out of the first round of the playoffs three times in his career. He's made one Western Conference Finals. And right now, it's going to be the second season in a row they haven't made the postseason. And that's after getting bounced out pretty easily the two years before that, right? Like it's very clear. They're just not going any direction. And that's kind of been the problem. They've tried different head coaches, right? They've yep. tried trading for guys like Jeremy Grant. They made the move to move on from CJ McCollum, which allowed them to get Jeremy Grant and all of those things. And it hasn't worked. And so if you want to be there and just be a one franchise guy, totally cool. I have no problem with him rejecting rings culture and not caring but you got to see the reality of the situation, accept that, you know, and again, these comments just, they're mutually exclusive from what he said last week. And it's probably less that and more putting pressure on the organization. But as you said, right, they're not exactly in an advantageous position to build a championship contending team. So if he hates this, you got to choose one or the other, man. The, the problem that Portland is having, are they sure Chauncey Billups is the guy for them at head coach? I think there's some questions about the whether players that's love the him. The players love him, but right. correct. But is he the answer there? If he is, then you know, if you believe in him and his ability, and the players love him, then that's that's a big part of it. That's a, players liking the guy they're playing for in the NBA. That's a big part of it. But does he does he have the the schemes? Does he have the adjustments? Can he can he really? get the most out of these guys. One thing to like the guy, but can you get the most out of these guys? Is that, that's a question that has to be answered, right? Yeah. Um, there's the front office, which they just got rid, rid of Olshay, but there's still questions about how the, Correct. how this team is run. There's the, and there has to be a conversation between ownership, front office and Damian Lillard. Here's a plan. You got to have a solid plan. Right, you got to say here are our targets, and if you can't get those targets, then then what's Plan B? Portland is not a big free agent destination. No, not at all. 
people don't necessarily want to go to Portland, Oregon to live for eight months out of the year. Now, that isn't as big a deal as some people make it out to be because, yeah, you can live in Miami. You're not always going to the beach, but it's nice, right? Uh, but it's still not a big free agent destination. Can Dame be enough to lure somebody big there? I don't know. There, there, there are too many of these questions here to make me think that Portland can do this in the way that keeps Dame around. I think the best way for them to do it, Jake, is to blow it all up and do the OKC thing and see if you can get your guys through the draft. That's how you have to do it in these markets where free agents don't typically go despite the magnitude of your one star. No, that's one. That's 100% it. It's acquire all of the draft picks, use a lot of those draft picks, and hope that you get a couple of guys that you can really build around. OKC has it in Shea. We think they have it in Chet, too. And then they have enough nice little pieces around. We talked about them last week for that reason, right? They're really intriguing. Their future looks really bright. I just don't say the same for Portland. You know, you might get a nice guy here and there. We'll see what Shaden Sharp you know, looks like, but Shane Sharp's not going to be a guy next year that elevates them to the second round of the playoffs. And I think that's all like Damian Lillard's really looking for. I don't, I don't know if he's truly looking to win a title there or expects a title, but can you have some postseason success where you're not losing sometimes in a sweep in the first round every year that you make it in essentially like he needs more playoff success yeah. than what he's had. Yeah. Look, you, you're playing for a reason. You're playing for a reason. You, you know, you're, you're playing for the money, sure, but at some point here, you're playing for you got to be playing for something more than first round, second round. This has the potential to be a very huge game-changing situation in the NBA. This has the potential the, the potential for an off-season where Damian Lillard says, "You know what? We just missed the play-in." I, I mean, I understand, you know, I'm not going for the rings culture. But I need I need some direction. I need to I need to have some feeling that I'm on a team that's going somewhere. So I will always love Portland, but I got to go somewhere else. I would love for him to win it in Portland. I would love to have the yeah, rejection totally. of rings culture pay off. But I don't see it, and Not I just want there. I want the last few years, however long, because you know, hey, he's 32. He's a smaller guy, right? He's only six two. He takes a beating. He's been in the league ten years, eleven years. He. It's not going to last forever for Dame. No, it's again, it, it's what do you want your legacy to be? Is it truly to be a one franchise guy and the loyalty and building generational wealth for your family and hanging out with them? Then then do your thing and you're fine here. And don't talk like this unless it's like truly to only put pressure on the organization. But there's only so much they can do. Or is it to have kind of that individual t slash team success? And it definitely feels like he's like finally at the crossroads and these comments to the media are like a little bit of a you see a little bit of a cry for help in there yeah like maybe it's and we'll talk about this with Jalen Brown too you can read those comments in a couple of different directions mm. teasing ahead mm. to the third segment here mm. we'll see there's gonna be an interesting offseason for a number of these guys uh it'll be an interesting offseason yes for a number of these guys and for whomever is the MVP because you get to spend the summer being the MVP that's pretty cool who's it gonna be could it be Jokic are people Really so afraid of giving Jokic a third MVP. Are they taking it so seriously that they're willing to overlook some things uh, that may not matter, in my opinion, 
when it comes to a, uh, issuing an award for this season. We'll talk about that all coming up next. First, today's show brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Do you want to be a GM? Do you want to see if you can run a team like the Portland Trailblazers and try to figure out to do with what your star? Then this game is for you because you manage every strategic aspect for your team. You play through the season. You can lead your team to glory. You can hire the right coaches and assistants. You can trade and train your players, make the picks, navigate your franchise through that long and winding season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. I love that. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. You can get a 100% free boost to your franchise by listening to the show and getting this promo code locked on, all caps, locked on. Use that in the game in the game store. You get your 100% free boost. Download the game at probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Hey, thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Right here on the Locked On NBA feed, you'll see another podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should. It's called Game to Game. It's going to get you caught up on all of the goings-on in the NBA. Uh, each game, each host gives you a full rundown. So you'll get caught up on the night. Uh, it's no other podcast like that will get you caught up. All right, let's bring Jake here. Uh, this this is an interesting piece here on, in the uh, Athletic where they talk to a few of the awards voters about the MVP. And so they've got Sam Amick, Will Guillory, Tony Jones, and uh, Chris Kirshner. So they, they have an interesting discussion about MVP and, you know, defining kind of like value, basically getting into what, what do you do? Where do you, where does your vote go? What do you consider when you're voting for most valuable player? And, you know, some interesting things here when the, the there's voter fatigue that they were talk, talking about. It's one of the big things here and the historical argument. These are the two big things that have, have been kind of bandied about all season long. So let, let's start with you. Where do you fall on that? And, and what did you see in this piece that, that kind of like you agree with, disagree with? Yeah, you know, uh, one, it's it's like really honest from all of them. And I kind of love that. It's a super interesting read for people who haven't yet. I know Will Guillory personally, and dude's awesome. And I liked a lot of, you know, his, his seeing his thought process on all of this. I agree with some of this, you know. When you look at this NBA MVP award, it's basically the highest individual award you can give anyone in this league. Like this is one of those things that kind of defines legacies, which is like kind of yeah. the theme of today's show, right? And when you look at legacies, it's also about team success and winning. While Dame rejects the rings culture, like there is rings culture and it's very much a thing. And if a guy doesn't have one, that's always attached to his name. Look at Charles Barkley as an example, right? Even though he made finals. So to vote for a guy for three straight MVPs, even if he's worthy of it in the regular season, puts him in this rarefied air that Larry Bird has, that Michael Jordan has, or Jordan didn't win it three years in a row, but won it back to back. And you get to this point of like, I don't know, he's not in that group to me yet. I'm not saying Jokic isn't an all-time great, but he's not in that group. And now you're putting him in that group. And that's where this gets weird because look, it's a regular season award. And I understand that, and I have no problem voting for Jokic, but something feels a little wrong to me. 
Okay. I love this because I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) The reason those guys are in the rarefied air is because they won three MVPs. They weren't gods the the minute when when Larry Bird was getting that third MVP, it was the mid-80s. His career hasn't hadn't been fully defined yet. They didn't know at the beginning, like, oh my God, we're watching one of the five best players ever. They just were like, hey, this this guy's like, this is special. This guy's special. This guy could end up being somebody like, wow. But this was the middle of his career. These guys were in the middle of their careers. So who the hell are we to put Jokic if he is the MVP? Look, he could win MVP legitimately. Uh, Embiid could win MVP legitimately. Giannis could win MVP legitimately. I'm not. I'm not going to say. Uh, I'm not going to go down the road of like one of these guys. If, you, if the other guy, you know, if this guy doesn't win, it's a travesty. No, any of those guys are very deserving. When you're using historical significance in the middle of a guy's career, you're doing it wrong to me. You're doing it wrong. You're robbing Jokic of his historical significance. If he has indeed earned the MVP this year, just this year, I don't give a damn what he did last year. I don't give a damn what he did the year before. I don't give a damn what he's done in the playoffs. If he has earned it this year, then he should win it this year. And if that's three in a row, then that now gets put into the history books. And we can look back and go, look, that stretch of basketball where he won three MVPs in a row, that was a special stretch of basketball. And it is a special stretch of basketball. Why are we going to rob that from him to say, it's almost like you're trying to prove your own point down the line. Like in, in eight years, you want to be like, well, I told you he wasn't Larry Bird. He couldn't even win the three MVPs. Well, you didn't give him the three MVPs. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense there to to a minor degree. Yeah, I get what you're no. saying. I, I get what you're saying. Bird might not be the best. Also, like so few of these have come up, right? That like sure, yeah. Bird's the best example. He'd already won three, basically won three titles at that point. I think he won his final MVP in his, his last title there. So it's like he was kind of on his way to being an all-time great. But also sure, you and I have yeah. said on the show, Jokic is on his way to being an all-time great, right? We might view him a step down from some of those guys if he doesn't have some of the playoff success but he's an all-time great and i feel very comfortable saying that now and these this is why this is is tough right like you can see how conflicted i am on some of this stuff but jake we just talked about damian lillard rejecting the rings culture we're we're going larry bird magic johnson uh michael jordan you know none of them won the 11 championships that bill russell did but no one has an issue dismissing Bill Russell's 11 championships because the era that it came it came in. Well, the era now is different than the era of Larry Bird and, and Magic and Michael because free agency wasn't really a thing during their era. It was just getting started, especially in the middle of the 80s. That really wasn't a thing. Nowadays, free agency is out of control. <laughs> it is, and I don't, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but you've got uh, there's no social media. Guys can be stars anywhere now. Back then, you had to be a major market guy to have a to, to be a star. The the rules were different. 
uh, there was no emphasis on the three-pointer. The, the league was just different then. This now, you have to judge them in current historical context. It is patently unfair to say to a player now, you, I don't view you like I view those guys, so I'm going to deny you an award that you have earned because of all that. I just, I cannot buy it. I, I, I reject it vehemently. I reject that whole concept. You're fired up here. I can see and it in you. You can hear I it in you. It's it. a good thing. And I'm not even sure that Jokic is the MVP this no, year. No, it actually might be Embiid this year. Like, it, it might, might have Embiid. shifted a little bit. This late season swoon for this Nuggets team, I think, has really shifted things. And while this looked locked up at one point, it's, it's not locked up now. But these are also the things that might push Embiid over the edge and actually get it to him as opposed to Jokic, which, as you said, is, is probably not fair. If he's deserving, he's deserving. And I think a lot of people don't truly understand like what the criteria is. It's a regular season award yep. just for this year. And these voters, you know, when they're discussing this, and this isn't like a shot at any of them, right? It just shows you they're not like infallible to this sort of thing. And that this type of discussion and the culture around this award, because it's such an important award, is really tough and the lack of like playoff success really does impact some of these things I think for you know some of the voters and some of the guys that they're looking at when it comes to all this is not like Embiid has tons of playoff success either to kind of build upon or anything to kind of no, help him build that case if anything it's Giannis right like so right. it's I you know I wonder if the NBA will eventually try and kind of like amend the award criteria in some capacity to try and limit some of this discourse around it that we're you know using for a segment on our show here sure yeah. if you know like is this healthy for the league is this the type of conversation we want and if voters are and again it's not a bad thing that they're doing this taking these other factors and context into it that is very clearly outside the criteria of that award does anybody want that right like maybe that's not good and maybe if you realize that this award has kind of taken on a new life or a new meaning in the context of your league and the fans around it, do you try and change the criteria on that sort of thing? I think you can, you can maybe send out some, some clarification. I'm actually curious how the league will view this piece. Yeah. Because there are voters who are being very open about this and no one's, no one is going to prevent the voters from talking about it. There are voters who talk, who, I think most voters actually probably have their own podcast at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, so you can say what you want to say, and there's a, there's a grand debate about it. I think maybe it would behoove the NBA to kind of remind people that, hey, you're voting for this year's MVP. You're not voting for Larry Bird's successor or Michael Jordan's successor. You're voting for who you think had the best season or whatever. I think that can be very helpful here um because honestly jake this this stuff matters to to a lot of people it matters yes. to these guys and and you know matters to contracts at times it, it does it, it, it triggers super maxes like it, yeah and like these guys are going to be fine these these people yeah i'm not worried about it. and you know if if you there is voter fatigue there is definitely voter fatigue there, I think people have their own. Some people vote narrative. Some people vote statistically. Um, it's hard to say. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was some discussion about LeBron being the MVP on a bad team because 
he was a leader after Kobe. I remember that whole argument. Kobe died, LeBron stepped up, and they're like, well, that's the most valuable player. And everybody has their own ideas. I think ultimately, generally speaking, with a couple of exceptions, you can say the voters generally get it right. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. You know, so I honestly, I feel like Jokic probably hates this conversation as much as I hate this conversation. And I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of like part of him was saying, you know what? I don't want it. I don't want it. I got two. I don't give a, I, I'm, I'm going to respectfully bow out of the conversation. We're coasting to the finish. I don't care about it. Give it to somebody else. I'm going to coast over the final two weeks of the season and everybody's going to go crazy, crazy talk about Denver. But he, I think Jokic is like, forget this MVP, forget all this other stuff. I'm chilling. I'm going to get ready for the playoffs for what matters. And you guys want to give it to Embiid. Great. Fine. I don't care. So I just, I just want the, I just want the criteria to be this season. What, what you did this season. I mean, that's what it is. That's what the criteria is. And it's yeah. valuable, not outstanding, which, you know, opens it up to interpretation. It's why we have these debates and get to fill all this airtime. You know, thank you for the ambig ambiguity sure. NBA, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. This isn't a lock like it once was. So, I, you know, I'm wondering if the scales are kind of tipping in Embiid's favor because of all of this and his play because he's on a freaking heater right now. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up this segment here and uh, say coming up next. Jalen Brown, interesting comments uh, after an interesting game against the Sacramento Kings. We'll talk about his future in Boston, which something is of particular interest to me as the host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Also of particular interest to all of us is FanDuel, the official sports book partner of Locked On, America's number one sports book, and now March Madness, huge betting uh, event there with, with uh, March Madness. I know people here in Massachusetts just got legalized uh, sports betting. So a bunch of new customers from my uh, listenership. If you're a new customer, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. If you sign up using FanDuel.com slash locked on, you got to do it at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That no sweat first bet, $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So make sure you download that FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You connect your bank account. When you win, it gets into your account in like a couple of hours. Super easy. And you can bet on anything. Money line, individual point scorers, three-pointers drained. Uh, you also can combine uh, your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's so you can get your chance at the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Learn more there. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. You got to make Locked On Clippers your second listen because we just saw a very serious-looking knee injury for Paul George, but it literally just happened as we're recording this podcast and we have no idea the severity. It didn't look good as it happened. We don't know if it's how serious or if long-term, any of that stuff. So for now, we're not going to speculate, but leave it up to Locked On Clippers for your updates. Boston Celtics and Sacramento Kings, I joked about it being a finals preview 
Uh, didn't come off as a finals preview. You'd love that if it's a finals preview. I mean, sure, sure. I would love that. I mean, first of all, let me just say, I would love for the Sacramento Kings to surprise the hell out of everybody and make it to the NBA finals. At the same time, I would love for the Celtics to face the Sacramento Kings in the NBA finals. Uh, this wasn't fair. This wasn't fair because they were on their, their fifth game in seven nights just a weird stretch of the schedule. They played uh, the previous night in Utah. The Celtics had two days off. This is and, and no Kevin Herter. Not that that would have made much of a difference, but this was a blowout kind of waiting to happen. So I'm not going to make too much of it. The Sacramento Kings are having a fantastic season. Uh, Jalen Brown scored 27 points in this game, combining with 36 from Jason Tatum to lead the Celtics. Jalen Brown. Needed this kind of performance, 62%, 62.5% shooting, four of seven from three, five rebounds, four assists, to kind of cleanse the palates here of a couple of interviews that were published. Now, they came out about the same time. One of them was done. The Ringer article was re- recorded. I mean, an uh, interview was done in January. And then a New York Times article, which was done during this road trip the Celtics just wrapped up. So... They kind of dropped at the same time, so it's kind of like a double barrel, but it wasn't really Jalen Brown doing these interviews together. But it kind of it does kind of hit at the same time. The crux of this is, the crux of what we're talking about is, he was asked about his long-term kind of future in Boston. And in both articles, he kind of said, look, I'm, I'm not going to say one way or the other, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go where I'm wanted, where I'm needed, uh, where I'm going to be treated right. So with, with that kind of non-committal answer, the obvious question has come up and we will play our game of real or fake here. Got to do it. Got to do it. All right. So I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Real or fake. Cause I'm, I'm curious to see what the non-Boston perspective is. Real or fake Jalen Brown will not be with the Celtics next season. It's it's fake. He's going to be there. He's going to be there, I think. And that's not saying that he is untradeable, because I think he could be moved. He was very clearly involved in some capacity, it feels like, in discussions mm. for Kevin Durant. So he could be moved. I think if you made the right offer, you could maybe pry him away. But that's going to be pretty tough to do at this point in time. And because he's under contract next year, he can't leave in free agency. So I think in all likelihood, he's going to be in Boston next season. Long-term might be a little bit different. Those non-committal answers on his future kind of worry you a little bit with some of the things that he said. I think a little bit, not a ton, but a little Mm -hmm. bit. But he just might not want to go down the path that Kyrie Irving went when he's like, yeah, I'd love to be back next year if you'll have me. And then all of a sudden kind of changed his mind. And that really colors a lot of how people view Kyrie Irving and his perception around the league. I will say there was a comment in there, though, that he said that does make me go like, whoa, hold on. And that was when he was asked if, you know, he'd like to continue playing alongside Jason Tatum. And he says, you know, I, I just enjoy the time that you have now. If it's your whole career, it's, if it, it's your whole career, if it's not, it's not. Some of the greatest players of all time haven't finished with their organization. Michael Jordan retired a wizard. <laughs> that type of comment is like, wait, whoa. 
all of a sudden. That's the one that gives me the most pause out of everything. And maybe he does want to be the guy that leads a team and realizes that, look, he's not going to supplant Tatum kind of in that role here as the number one guy. And sometimes ego, and ego isn't necessarily the right word, comes into place with this. Again, legacy is like the theme of the show here. Maybe he wants kind of a different one than what he would establish in Boston. That's two years down the line. Next year, he's going to be there because who else are they going to trade him for? Kevin Durant makes tons of sense. I get it. You can get Kevin Durant, include other guys in there. How many other players are actually better than Jalen Brown that you can go and get, though? Yeah, and and there's there's a lot here. There are a lot of layers here. My my reaction is also that it's fake, um, and I I would expect him to be with the Celtics beyond the expiration of this contract into his next contract. Will he finish his career with the Celtics? I don't expect anybody to finish their career with yeah. the original teams anymore. So there will be a time where the Celtics, if this goes well for the Celtics, they will win a championship or two or maybe more, who knows? Um, If it goes perfectly, they'll win more. But if it goes well, they will win a championship or two. And at some point, Tatum and Brown will age out. We just talked about uh, um, Damian Lillard at the beginning of the podcast. At some point, they're going to hit that 30-year-old kind of range, and Boston's motivations might have to change. And at that point, you might see a Garnett Pierce kind of trade happening and you know, everybody has to reset that's way down the road. I think what we're seeing here from Jalen is a little bit of negotiation. I think there's, there's a key element here. The collective bargaining agreement is about to be done and we'll head into the summer with a new deal. A key element in that new deal is a change in the extension rules. And Right now, you can only give somebody a 120% raise off of their current extension, which is why Jalen Brown and others uh, can't sign this big, they're, what they're worth. Because Jalen Brown, his last contract is a below market value contract. They didn't sign him for the maximum amount. He has vastly outplayed that. I think he is currently in a position where he sees uh, – He's playing for less than what he's worth. He has been involved in trade rumors in the past and with Kevin Durant. We can debate the nuance of that, but whatever. He This is what he sees. And so he's sitting there saying, well, I'm going to go where I'm wanted, where I'm needed, where I'm going to be treated well. Well, how do, how do organizations treat players well? By paying them the money. Yes. So I think this is all part of it. When the CBA gets done, and the extension rules change where he can sign an extension equal to whatever that max is with escalator, super max, whatever, if he makes an all NBA team, if the Celtics don't offer him that as soon as they are able to, then you start to see the other stuff yeah. into play. So this is just a kind of a public message just to say, Hey, show me you love me. Show me you love me with a contract that starts somewhere in the $35 million range or whatever the number is going to be. And give me that five years. Give me that 8%. Give me the escalators. Give me whatever incentives. I All that stuff. If you do that, Celtics are fine. Jalen's fine. He's going to stick around for a long time. If they don't, if they wait, if they hesitate, then he then you're going to start to see 
some sort of issues. And just for the record, the Celtics are not going to hesitate. There's no, there's no need to get cute with this sort of thing. There's, nope. There's no, you're, you're not going to save any money. You're not saving any money in the cap. No, someone would give him a max deal. So you may as well be the one to do it and not yeah. go down this bad path. He's an all NBA level wing. If you, even if he doesn't make the team, he's in mm -hmm. consideration for it. And so if he's not one of the top 15 players, he's one of the top 20 or 25, wherever you, wherever you slot him, doesn't matter. That's a max player. So they'll give him that deal in his mid twenties at the wing two way player that he can be, who is still reaching his prime. It's a no brainer. Of course, they're going to do that. So I'm not going to worry too much about this. I think, I think it's some negotiation. I think he's being noncommittal, like you said, because you don't want to have that Kyrie moment just in case something happens. You don't want to be the villain, but Hey, I, I, he ultimately he's in a no win situation because people will misconstrue that noncommittal yeah. nature, but I, I don't think it's a big deal. No, you make the right point, right? Like they're going to give him a max deal and that's how you prove to these guys. You, we want you and you do it as soon as possible. If you, if you wait, he's going to get in his mind, like, okay, they've been putting me in trade talks and now yeah. they're not like throwing the, the bag at me immediately. You know, you don't want to do this thing where it's like, well, let the market set the price, the market for a yeah. dude like that is a max deal. It's as simple as that. Don't even let it get to that point and have the relationship blow up. Just do it, be done with it, and move on. That's it. That's all. It's as simple as that. Um, and and I think it, it would help the Celtics to go on a little bit of a PR campaign for him. It's a, if, you, if you look at Daryl Morey and his kind of Joel Embiid, you know, you, you see him on Twitter and he really makes the case. He's, he's adamant about the case for Joel Embiid. It, maybe even a little over the top. Mm -hmm. I, I think the Celtics should start spending some time in the near future campaigning for Jalen Brown to make All-NBA. Show him that you are not actively rooting against him making an All-NBA team so you can um, uh, not pay the Supermax. Like, not that they were ever not a that, that a team would. But you just don't want to have that perception out there. No, just, not at all. Just go show him, like, yeah, man, we want you. We want you to make this team. We want to pay you the extra five percent of the cap. We want to do this for you, man. So we're right behind you. We're going. We're gonna go all out to campaign for you to be all NBA. Show him that bit of love. He knows what that means financially. So he knows if if that campaign works, that's going to cost them not only the extra 5%, but all that extra in taxes. He knows what the deal is. Show him that bit of love. Everything else, water under the bridge. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what it is. He's definitely there next year at the very least. At He's the very least. there long term. Like, yeah. Very it's much just, fake. I think very much fake. It, Damian Lillard will be on the market and available before Jalen Brown is for sure. Uh, hey, ooh, maybe they can play together. Maybe they can play. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, All right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. As usual, on Wednesdays, we're your hosts. I'm John Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I'll be talking a lot more about Jalen Brown. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of Lockdown Pelicans. I'm on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. 
Watch the show on YouTube. Hop into that comment section. Tell us what you think about Dame. Tell us what you think about that MVP conversation. Tell us what you think about Jalen Brown. It's all right there on the YouTube page. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing the podcast and spreading the word, telling people they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.